0: that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So what is minimalish? It's the grace way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalist Podcast is here to help you make life lighter, realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. I am so glad you're here this week. This week's episode is a guest interview with Joshua Becker. I cannot wait to share with you our discussion on just getting started with decluttering. We talk about the easiest place to start, the hardest places to declutter, how to maintain a minimal home, and what to do when you don't have time to declutter. This episode is full of so many actionable steps and actionable tips when it comes to decluttering. I am just excited to be able to share this with you. I really think it's gonna help you if you're feeling like either you're in like a place where you feel stuck with decluttering or if you just don't even know where to start. This episode right here is a great place to start. Before we get to that interview, I wanna share a word from the minimal-ish community each week, I like to share either a review or some encouraging message I've been sent as a way to say thank you for encouraging me as I come here each week to hopefully encourage you as well. So today's review is from Ski Girl 16 JMC. She says, I love this podcast. I'm not a mom, but most of what she talks about is applicable to anyone. The name of this podcast sums it up perfectly. I love her ideas for grace-filled, minimal, and intentional living. I love that this review is from someone who is not a mom right now and ski girl 16 jmc i'm super glad that you find this podcast relatable and applicable to anyone i'm so glad that you enjoy these conversations on gracefield minimalism so thank you thank you thank you for that encouraging review thank you for that guys when you leave a rating or review it helps the podcast get seen by other women and moms and if the podcast is making a difference in your life then what a great way to encourage other moms as well through the podcast through just helping it be more visible and I'm so thankful for you I'm so thankful for this community so thankful for all of the encouragement I receive thank you again you guys are really the best Okay, so something I am so, so excited to finally tell you about. I kind of mentioned this on my bonus episode this past Friday. Right now I get to finally talk to you about all the details and that is my Make Room Master Course is live, it is out, it is ready for you to go check out and see what it's all about. So the link to this is in the show notes and you can also go to desireeendries.com slash mastercourse to find out more. It's an online course with five modules that I put my heart and soul into to help you make room for what matters to you, make over your days, and settle into the life you love. It's all about adopting realistic minimalism to your life in a way that works for your family. It's step-by-step, step, and I really believe that it's it's going to help you just dive into the version of minimalism that works for you. So if you wanna know more about that, just keep listening. I am going to talk a little bit more about it and later in this episode. If you love the podcast, you are going to absolutely love this course. If this podcast has made a difference for you and has helped you make changes in your life, this course is going to give you the step-by-step you need to just fully embrace minimalism and fully dive in and make the change that you want to make in your life. Okay, let's get to this episode with Joshua Becker. Let me just quickly tell you a little bit about him. If you don't don't know who he is He's the founder of the website Becoming Minimalists that inspires people to live more by owning less. He's the author of Simplify, The More of Less, and The Minimalist Home, which we are going to talk about a lot in today's episode. He's also the creator of Simplify Magazine and The Simple Money Magazine. And he's the founder of The Hope Effect, a nonprofit organization changing how the world cares for orphans. He and his family dove into minimalism back in 2008, and since then he's been encouraging other families to do the same. His books have really encouraged my family and I in our journey towards minimalism, and I am just so honored that I got to speak with him and that I get to share this conversation with you. So let's just dive in. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Joshua Becker. Okay. well, we have Joshua Becker today, as I said, and I'm so excited because my husband and I started this journey and your books, your work has really helped guide us through. So I'm so excited to be chatting with you today.
1: Well, I am pleased to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Yeah. And before we really dive in, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, as you said, my name's Joshua. My friends call me Joshua. So that works out well. <laughs> um, I have been uh, pursuing and writing and blogging and speaking about minimalism for 11 years Um. I'm in my mid forties uh, with two kids. They're both teenagers now, but we started our journey when they were younger, five and two. Um, I didn't, I didn't ever start out my life um, minimalist. It wasn't how I grew up. I, I was much more just your pretty typical suburban American, getting paid more and buying bigger houses and putting more stuff inside of them. Um, my, uh, my life changed on a Saturday morning. Uh, I was cleaning out my garage. My son was five and um, he was in the backyard asking me to come play with him while I was working on my garage project and pulling things out and organizing and tidying everything up. And my neighbor, I was complaining about how long the project was taking. Uh, My neighbor said... As I started complaining to her, uh, she said, that's why my daughter's a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own so much stuff. And I remember looking at the pile of things in my driveway, knowing full well that my possessions weren't making me happy. At least that's what I would have said, right? We all would say that. But out of the corner of my eye, there was my son swinging alone on the swing set in the backyard where he'd been all morning long. And I realized that not only were my possessions not making me happy, even worse, um, all my possessions were actually taking me away from the very thing that did bring me happiness in life, um, and joy, and purpose, and significance, and meaning. And uh, I always think that's probably the, the foundational truth of minimalism, um, that when people see it and recognize it, it's, what's, it's what draws them to the idea of owning less. Um, not just saying that our possessions aren't making us happy, but realizing that our excess possessions are actually distracting us from the things that do bring us happiness. They're, they're keeping us from the life. We wish we were living, um, instead. And so that's, that's what started our journey. And, um, yeah, much like you, I started blogging about it pretty early on and just kind of telling our story and, uh, more and more people were drawn to it and got to inspire more and more people. And now I get to be here today. So how wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's, I love that story. Um, It's so true that our possessions and cleaning up can take so much time just taking care of our stuff and so much time away from the things that really do matter to us. So can you tell us a little bit more about your newest book, The Minimalist Home, your reason behind writing it?
1: So I wrote a book called The More of Less, Finding the Life You Want Under Everything You Own. It came out in spring of 2016. And it was going to be my, my book about minimalism, um, making the case for it, explaining it, helping people understand all the, the benefits that come from owning less. And uh, I love the book. I love how it came out. Most people liked it. It's got pretty good reviews on Amazon, so I'm pretty happy about that. You never know for sure what people are going <laughs> to think uh, about your book. But um, there were a large number of people who said, this is great. I'm in, like, this makes sense to me. I want to own less, but how do I do it? How do I get there? Like, can you practically walk me through my home, especially because I have a family um, and I don't know how they're going to respond to it. And, and it's, it was interesting to me, those just a little bit behind the scenes. um, The number of those comments that I, that I received surprised me because Um, my neighbor introduced me to minimalism and like, that was all I needed. Like I'm, I'm in, like, how am I going to figure this out and how am I going to get through the house and what am I going to get rid of and what am I going to keep? And I, like, I kind of liked figuring it out for myself, um, how I was going to implement it in my life. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought to myself, you know, it, it really would have been helpful to have a book to look back on and someone who's done this before and um this worked really well and this didn't work and and have someone who could kind of mentor me through the process a little bit so um so that's why i wrote the minimalist home it's a a, a room-by-room guide to a decluttered refocused life and uh it walks people through uh, i think there's 18 different spaces in your home that we go through where to from the car and living room to Attic and basement and storage shed and garage and so, um, so we covered all.
0: That's great. Um, and I feel the same way. I mean, I think when when we kind of dove into minimalism, it was really starting to gain traction at that point. And now it seems to have really exploded. And I think from the beginning, I was kind of searching for that too, in a way of just like, okay, what what are the questions I need to ask and you know what what really needs to stay and what needs to go in each room. So I have a few questions for you on that. And I would love to know what you think is, well, I already know because I read, I read your book, but um, I would love you to tell our listeners, what do you think is the easiest room in the home to declutter for the average person?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the book um, encourages people to um, work through their home Easiest to hardest, starting with the most lived-in areas first. A lot of times when people hear minimalism, they hear owning less, and they're they're drawn to it. But their mind tends to run to like the hardest thing that they would ever have to get rid of. Um, okay, this is great, but how would I ever get rid of my books, or how would I ever get rid of my yarn stash, or how would I ever get rid of my sentimental items like? How do I get rid of my hobby, camping, outdoor gear? Like we tend to think of the, the hardest thing that we would ever have to get rid of. Or people go home and they start in like the garage or the basement, the like they start in these really cluttered spaces. And when they do that, they tend to get very frustrated pretty early on because you can spend an hour and a half taking things out of the garage and not see any difference in your garage whatsoever. And so people are like, oh gosh, I, and they just, like they just give up before they, they see any progress. And so the, the book takes a different approach and it says rather than starting in the hardest places in your home, let's start in the easiest spaces, spaces that you live in so you can complete a room and you can enjoy the benefits of that room. You can see how owning less is improving your life right away. And then use that motivation to go tackle the, the next hardest space in your home. And uh, so usually I tell, I, th- I think a car, like your car is a great place for people to get started. Usually you can get rid of, like you can do your car in like 10 minutes and just put everything in a bag that doesn't need to be there and take it out of your car. And then the next time you sit down in your car, it feels like so much better to not have a little Rubber ball running around in the back, or you know, a bunch of empty water bottles or pens, whatever it might be. It just feels very nice, and you're like, "This feels great." What else? Where else can I do this? And so, I usually refer people to their living room next uh, because that was the next space that we did, and for most people, it's it is the next easiest lived in space. There's Usually, some decorations that people don't want and there's like an entertainment unit that needs to be deep. Maybe there's a stack of books or magazines or some things have ended up in the living room that shouldn't be there like toys or tools or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, for most people, I think they can uh, accomplish the living room. Uh, it's not true in every case. Uh, I think a lot of people who live in small apartments, their living room tends to be a place where they, they, they end up storing boxes of things and have, have a lot of stuff that, that end up going there. Um, but for most people, I, I think a living room is a, a good place to, to get started next. And then I usually say like bedroom, bathrooms, closets, you know, those, those tend to be the, the easy. And then kitchen, office, garage, attic, like those things come, come towards the end when you build up that muscle a little bit.
0: yeah. I like that. I, we had a really open concept home when we started. So we kind of did start in the living areas in general. Um, but it's funny that you say you talk about the car because I've always been like a cluttered car person. And I just recently finally tackled that is like minimalism was something that was in my entire like seeping through my entire life except for my car. <laughs> and, and it's been such a change since, yeah, but yeah. The, the
1: the living room is great. I mean, I remember doing my living room and like sitting down and I don't, I wish I could remember how long it took half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe. Um, and it wasn't like I had to know exactly like what charity these things are going to. And what am I selling when I'm going to get rented. of like literally it was, I, I just took a box and, I just put things inside the box that I didn't want in my living room anymore and and just moved them out to the basement until I, you know, did find where to, where to take them eventually. But like sitting down in the living room at the end of the day, it just felt so calm and peaceful and like cleaning up the living room at the end of the day became like a, a, a 45 second job. Like it just, like it used to take forever to put everything away, but It's like energy was able to flow in the room and
0: like, man,
1: I really like this minimalism thing in my home. It it feels so much better than having clutter everywhere.
0: If you've wanted to know more about the Make Room Master Course, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it right now. If you feel like you are always cleaning up, but your home is never actually clean, if you feel like you're overwhelmed with your home or your life and you're drowning with too many commitments and too much to do, this course is for you. If you wanted to clutter, but you don't know where to start, or you don't even know how to enjoy motherhood, but you wish you did, if you're burned out and you're tired and you feel like there's got to be something more, or at least you hope so, friend, I made this for you because I have been there And finding a realistic version of minimalism that works for me and my family has been a huge way that I have come out of this overwhelm and exhaustion. So if you want to know what the Make Room course is, it's an online course with five modules and 25 plus audio and video lessons to help you make room for what matters, make over your days, and settle into the life that you love. The first round of this course is going to include the accountability of a Facebook group for four weeks as we go through the four main modules together. And it's going to include a live group coaching session, a Q&A session per week where you can ask any and all questions included. So that's four group coaching sessions total. This course is created to help you live more joyfully, to help you live with less so that you can have room for what matters to you, whether it's in your schedule or in your home. This course takes minimalism way past just decluttering because that's not what it's all about and that's not what it has been all about for me. The real change has come with applying minimalism to my days and my schedule and to my mindset and I really wanna help you make these essential shifts if you're interested in things that I talk about on this podcast, if you enjoy the show from week to week, friend, you are going to love this course. And I just fully believe in everything that I've put into this course and I cannot wait to see you in there. You can find the link to get there in the show notes, or you can go to com slash mastercourse. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so. When it comes to kind of talking about from easiest to most difficult, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. What do you think the most difficult room in the house is, I guess for the average person again? And could you give some pointers and tips on tackling those like harder spaces or I guess even just like harder items?
1: Yeah. The hard spaces tend to be the larger ones, the, the basement, the, the, the garage. Um, actually, the home office can be a lot can be difficult just because there's so much paper involved. Uh, quick tip for paper uh, if you can find that piece of paper online, you don't need to keep a paper copy of it so like bills and credit card statements and all that stuff that people hold on to you just if you can find it online um, for stars, you can get rid of it so that takes a big chunk for a lot of people but um for like some of these larger spaces, basements and garages and attics, I uh, I think it is helpful to start with large items that can be removed. Um, when you think of your garage, when you think of your basement, like there are usually uh, just large items. I when we first started, my daughter was two and my son was five, and so we had just come out of that baby stage, we weren't going to have any more children. And so there was like a high chair and a crib and like the little jumper bouncy thing that (laughs) kids jump in, you know, and they were just, there was a piano actually down there as well, but they were, they were large items. And when you get rid of the large items first, you can see the difference occurring in the room. And I think Seeing that is very encouraging for people and it motivates them to keep going. If you start by, I'm going to go through this box and this box and this box, like you can spend an hour and a half going through a box of stuff, um, old high school yearbooks and like not get very far. You spend an hour and a half and you look at the room and it doesn't look any different. But if you take out the piano, (laughs) like, like right away, you can walk in, you're like, okay, I'm making progress, I can, I can do it. And so, um, so doing some of those large items, I think is always helpful at the beginning, Um, any large space can be broken into smaller, accomplishable tasks right? So I can do this shelf today. Like I'm, I want to get through this shelf before I call it quits, um, go through this wall or this corner um, and, and trying to um, complete, complete each step before you finish, before you call it a day, basically, but not saying I need to do the whole room, but I'm going to do this whole shelf and I'm going to make it look neat and um, get rid of the stuff that I can. So. Um, so that's why I encourage people for spaces. Uh, when it comes to categories, what do I usually hear? Uh, I guess I've mentioned a few of them, books, um, sentimental things. Clothes can be a hard one for some people. Uh, Dave Bruno's his book, uh, The 100 Thing Challenge, uh, he talked about the hardest thing for him to get rid of was his woodworking tools. He said, I never used my woodworking tools but they were still hard for me to get rid of. And he said, um, uh, I came to understand that I liked the idea of being a woodworker more than I actually liked woodworking. Um, it was it, I wanted it to be true of me that I was a woodworker, but in reality, I never used this stuff. In reality, I just wasn't. A, uh, a woodworker, and so he he kind of wrote about this uh, death of a dream, as um, as how he how he described it. Like getting rid of that was saying, okay, that's not who I'm going to be. Um, and so I, there can be those types of things in in a person's life where they realize they've always wanted to be a type of person, but they're just not. Um, I, I always think once you get rid of that fantasy version of yourself, you're able to. Fully live more in who you actually are, um, so it's actually a, a good thing to do that. But I, um, number one, I tell people, like I said earlier, you you don't start at these things. Uh, you don't start with your books, and you don't start with your sentimental items. You start with your clothes. If those are the hard things for you to get rid of, um, start in easier spaces, easier places. Um, see how owning less is improving your life, um, and then when you get to those harder things, you'll be at the mindset that says, okay. I prefer owning less Um, minimalism has brought money and time and energy and space and focus and I'm I'm living a a more meaningful life focused on things that matter because I own less stuff. So how can I apply these principles in this specific area Uh, and people I think tend to find what they need once they can see the benefit of owning less. Uh, one trick is to uh, like cut your cut it in half. I usually say like can you can you cut your book collection in half? Can you collect, can you cut your sentimental items in half? or get rid of one box of books, Get rid of one box of sentimental items? Usually when you form these boundaries and you're forced to decide between, what's kind of important and what's actually important, and you're forced to like make those designations, it, it becomes a little bit easier to do. If I were to ask a book collector, if you could only keep 15 books, what 15 books would it be? Uh, it might be very difficult for them, but suddenly they have, okay, these are the ones that I really love the most, and now that you mention it, some of these over here, I. They're not nearly as important as this group right here. Um, and so they, they become a little bit easier to to get rid of. Or you could do it the other way around. What are the 15 books? If you had to get rid of 15 books, which 15 books would you get rid of? Um, and those ty- that type of mindset tends to help us see a little bit better which things we we're holding on to because we thought we had space and which things are actually meaningful to us.
0: Yeah. I think my husband and I always wanted to have like a library of books, but every house and apartment we moved to, we moved all these heavy boxes of books with us and we had a lot of moves um, in the past like five years. So we've just been carrying these books and then the only places we found for a library of books were like out of sight, on shelves we didn't really like and it's just as As we kind of were feeling more and more okay with letting go of things, now we have maybe just a couple of shelves that we keep and we do a lot of digital books. But yeah, it's interesting how once you let go of a few, it gets easier to let go of more for sure, even the hard things. Talking about, I guess like those bigger rooms kind of brought up another question that I get a lot from my community of listeners on here and that is something I would like to hear from you. Um, how do you find time, like if it's a family where both parents are working, after school stuff for the kids, just like a busy life in general? What do you suggest? Because I, I know it seems like this big, like huge task that's not accomplishable for some people.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I hear that a lot as well. And I uh, I always have two responses in my mind to it. And I, I never know the person well enough to know what it is. Number one, people can be really legitimately busy, too busy to find any time to do any decluttering. I I, I don't know if anyone is really so busy that they can't find any time in their schedule to to go through their home. Um, maybe there are people and legitimately they, they come from that viewpoint. But there's the other part of me that hears it and I, I just want to think I, I just think to myself, look, if you're if you're looking for an excuse to to not do this, you'll like you'll be able to find it. Like you can always say, I'm too busy to do this and I, I can't implement it in my life. And, and I think there's a point where it's just a matter of priorities, you know, like busyness isn't about busyness. Busyness is about priorities and what, what is most important to you. And are you going to create time in your day and in your schedule to accomplish this pursuit in your life? Um, and, and if you're serious about it, then, we We tend to find time for the things that that are really most important to us. You can just always find an excuse if if you're looking for it but anyway um so so yeah i I think most of us are busy uh, most of us are living pretty pretty busy lives nowadays, especially if we're raising kids and we're working and um, and how everything uh, goes into it. Uh, three things to keep in mind uh, number one, um, any time that you spend minimizing possessions results in more time back to you at the end of the day. And so you have to see it a little bit as an investment. If I invest an hour here, minimizing my kitchen, it is going to make cooking meals easier. It's gonna make cleaning up the kitchen easier and take less time for for the rest of my life. And so, um, so it's, it's like an investment that we we get time back to us anytime we spend um, decluttering. Uh, number two, I think people um, need to uh, set aside time uh, if they really can't find it. Uh, there was a stretch where I woke up at 5am for like a, a two week stretch. And I didn't really like waking up early. I usually wake up at seven to get to work by eight, but I just said, I'm gonna get up an hour and a half early, and I'm gonna spend that time decluttering. It's not gonna be 5, 5 a.m. for the rest of my life, but it's gonna be 5 a.m. for a couple weeks, so I can I can make these changes, uh, make these changes in my home. Um, and uh, so I, I think that that usually works for people. Um, So, yeah, I guess those were two. But if I were to recap, the three would be number one, everyone's pretty busy. So I don't think we can use that as an excuse. Uh, Number two, any time that we spend decluttering results in more time back to us. And so number three, then it's just a matter of scheduling it, um, making the time. Um, if you have family close and they can take the kids and you and your spouse can, can focus on stuff for a day, that'd be great. Or take a take a staycation day to stick around and, and make the changes in your home. I don't think you'll ever regret uh, minimizing your possessions. Um, but sometimes we do need to be pretty intentional about um, when we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. People, I think, just automatically think I I think decluttering is fun because I talk about it sometimes and I'm like, I don't think it's fun, but I think it's worth it. You know, I don't, I don't love doing it, but it's important. And I've seen how much value it's given my life by, by putting less value, I guess, on my stuff. Um, I think,
1: I think one other thing I should mention is, um, I, I think also if you, if you want to minimize, you want to own less, uh, it's helpful to think in terms of, okay, how long do I want this process to take? Because if you're really busy, you know, like, well, I can scratch out 10 minutes a day to declutter. Like, it's going to, like, how long is it going to take you to get through your home at 10 minutes a day? Like, you don't want to be decluttering for the rest of your life. Uh, as Zoe Kim, um, uh, once she wrote um, Minimalism for Families, uh, I think that's the name of it. And, like, that's the way she says it. Like, do you want to be decluttering for the rest of your life? Probably not, you know, so, so just make this a, a season of life where you're, you're going to focus on it. And then once you get it down to a, a more manageable state, it's much easier going forward um, after you've made the big changes.
0: Yeah, for sure. How long did it take you to go through your house in the beginning? Good question. I, uh, I, I delineate into
1: three different timeframes. Uh, it took about three to four months For us to go through like the lived in areas of our home, so living room and kitchen and bedrooms and bathrooms, like three months to get through most of the spaces where we lived our lives. Nine months if you want to count in the basement and the the shed in the backyard at the time and the garage, like nine months if you want to count those bigger spaces. And then we moved into a smaller home three years later. And we got rid of even more stuff when we moved into a smaller house. So three months for the lived in areas, nine months, we count the whole four bedroom, three bathroom home. And then lo and behold, there was even more to get rid of. We discovered when we had less space in the, in the new home.
0: Yeah, that's where we we did that. We downsized a few months after really. And it was kind of minimalism allowed us to make that choice. I think we realized like we don't need all this space, but we were able to get rid of even more stuff. Um, so I do want to talk to you actually about maintenance, because I, I know that's something that you talk about in your book. Um, what is, what does that look like? What does it look like to maintain? And that's a question I've gotten a lot as well as I guess, how do I not reaccumulate and find myself in this again? So what do you suggest?
1: So two thoughts, uh- Number one, there is a piece that we need to overcome consumerism in our life. Um, there, are, there are countless books on the shelf about how to declutter your home. Uh, there aren't very many books about how to stop shopping. Um, like what's the mindset that we need in order to overcome that? And it's different. I, like I think it's different. It, there are a lot of people who want to declutter their home Who don't necessarily want to change their shopping habits as well. Um, It it requires a a different thought process of, I think, appreciating, owning less, seeing the benefits of it, um, seeing how it's um, allowed your life to focus on more meaningful things, and then just beginning to see, just beginning to know that you're looking for happiness in, in different places and that you're finding it in more fulfilling spots. When we start to see that, um, start to see that our money can be used for for really positive change in the world as opposed to just buying a bigger screen television. Um, I think that that helps us overcome consumerism but even if that 's done, there is still a reality, especially when you have a family and especially when you have kids, that things just continue to come into the home uh, and things continue to accumulate and having some sort of system in place to, to, to remove those, to remove unnecessary possessions is uh is helpful. Whether it's a time of the year, every spring you go back through and um, make adjustments. Uh, I've, I have found that, so I've been doing this for 11 years now and like, I I just get to a point where I kind of feel like a space has become too cluttered. The, the, I don't know how all these clothes got in my closet, but they just seem to multiply. And it, it just feels like there's more than need to be there or the, the kitchen, the, the pantry closet or the, the, the drawers or one of my kids rooms or the garage. It just, seems like things slowly accumulate and, um, being able to recognize that and saying, okay, it's time to, it's time to go back through this space and, and remind ourselves of what, what needs to, what we can get rid of and and what we can keep. And, uh, with kids, it's different because they, uh, like seasons change and they grow and, and like their seasons of life change and they get into different hobbies and different passions. And, different clothes sizes. And so like, they're changing so much, um, being able to, uh, to go back through.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that you talk about that, that it's just like, this is a real thing that, that has to happen. It's not like you declutter once and, and you never have to do it again, but just the fact that there's maintenance that has to happen when they're, especially when there are kids involved. So I actually wanted to ask you, you have your kids were really young when you started this 10 years ago when you kind of dove into a more minimalist life and and now your kids are teenagers so how do you approach minimalism with them how do you or how have you approached minimalism with them throughout the years and are they like do they have those values or um I guess do you do you have you raised them with those values what does that look like
1: um, yes, I've, uh, I've tried to raise them, uh, mm-hmm. with those, with these values and I, I, I've tried to raise them in the same way that you would want to pass on any value to your kids, right? We want them mm-hmm. to be hardworking. We want them to be selfless and kind and justice minded. And, um, uh, faith is important to me. And so I want them to have faith. And so like, how, how do you pass on any value to your kids? You, um, Talk about why it's important, right? You you look for teachable opportunities in their life. You uh, you uh, reward positive behavior, and you try to correct incorrect behavior. Um, and uh, and then and then you cross your fingers and hope for the best. I mean, honestly, it, everything I want to pass on to my kids ultimately it's going to be their choice whether they're going to accept it or not, and. So have they bought into it? I, I don't know. I mean, we have certain rules and in, in our home. And so they, while they're under our roof, certainly there's, you know, some parameters and some boundaries about how much stuff that they can own. Uh, I know that they've always seen it and they can always come back to it. Um, I, I don't think there's any lasting joy in buying a bunch of stuff we don't need. I'm, I'm a big fan of over explaining to my kids. I, 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 I think, anything that we're doing in life, any decision we make in life, we should be able to explain to our kids why that's the decision that we've made. Um, and so I, even when my children were young, I'm like, Hey, this is why we're, this is why we're doing this. We're, we're using our money to support these causes. We're, uh, we got to go on this trip because we didn't spend money on a bunch of clothes and stuff that we didn't need and toys that we didn't need. We're able to do these types of things instead. Uh, We want to spend less time cleaning and organizing and um, spending more time together as a family, Um, helping them see how it um, has affecting their life. I think is, uh, is super helpful.
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my listeners and they're just kind of, like short, fun questions. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? I
1: think probably a constant battle for me is uh, social media and just the, uh, the draw that, that my phone can be. Um, and I, uh, like I make my living online as a blogger and writer. And so there's, there's a, so it's easy for me to use that as an excuse, right? Like, oh, I, it's good for me to be in the Facebook page or on Twitter or Instagram, like interacting with people because that's my business and it's really important to me. And, but, um, but I, I think keeping that in check and, and focusing on life right in front of me is, is always a, a constant, uh, constant struggle for me. So that is where I know I need to constantly be very intentional uh, about my use of social media.
0: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. That's something I've been, I've also been trying to simplify. Um, it's hard. So I can, I can relate. Um, okay, last question I have is what is something that you can't stop talking about right now, something that you're loving?
1: Uh, I started a YouTube channel in um, like September, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that platform. Uh, starting in September of 2018 does not put me as an early adopter <laughs> on the YouTube platform in any stretch, um, but uh, I, I've enjoyed doing it, and I, I always kind of like the... Um, like what works online and what reaches people and um, how do people respond when I do things a certain way and what's the best way to to inspire people and so it's it's still new enough to me that in terms of you know how am I going to do this well and um, how can I make a difference on this platform so the
0: yeah that's fun. I, I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. I'll have to check that out. And
1: Is it good that I said the one thing I need to be simplifying is social media?
0: <laughs> and the one thing
1: I'm loving is uh, is the YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> mean,
1: yes.
0: it has to be something that you enjoy to keep doing it, but at the same yeah, time, how fun. do you simplify it? <laughs> it's good. Um, so I um, where are some other places where our listeners can find you? They can find you on YouTube, but where else? Um, I,
1: becoming minimalist.com is the, is the best place to, to find me. Um, and, uh, I'll, everything, everything I do tends to, uh, tends to run through becoming minimalist specifically. So that would be the, the best place to find me. That'd be great.
0: Perfect. And, um, I will link to your newest book. I'll link to your other books as well in the show notes. And thank you so much again for this conversation. I think it's just super helpful to hear your perspective on, on really digging into decluttering in the home and and everything else that we talked about. So thank you. Well, I
1: appreciate what you're doing here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this interview with Joshua Becker. I feel like it was just so actionable. So I hope you are motivated to just go right now and start decluttering your home. And, you know, I really love the concept that he mentioned about The fact that sometimes we hold on to things and these things that we have the the most trouble letting go, it's because we've somehow attached them, you know, to our own value, or we've at least believed we were supposed to be this person that was going to need this item or going to use this item well, but it turns out we aren't that person. I think that one of my favorite parts of minimalism is that it has helped me uncover who I really am through letting go of things that I guess defined who I thought I was or at least things that I thought added value to myself. Minimalism has been so key in just self-discovery and learning to love myself for who I am. I hope that you dig deep enough into whatever realistic version of minimalism fits you to get to that point. And if you're still at the beginning, if you're at this place where even just the thought of decluttering and letting go of things feels overwhelming, you know, I hope this episode was helpful to you. I hope it spurred you on to get started. And if you want more support in that, just know that... The Make Room Master Course, I've talked about it a lot already here. That is a great place where I can come alongside you and and cheer you on and and help you through step-by-step if that's something that you're wanting or needing. So definitely check that out and also check out Joshua Becker's books. They've made such a huge difference in my life, in my family's life in general. My husband really has found a lot of value in them as well. That is all I have for today's show. There is going to be another bonus episode coming on Friday. It's going to be about how to stop cleaning up all the time. So if you do feel like you're always cleaning up your house and that's like all you ever do with your life, this episode is for you. I am going to give you actionable steps towards not living that life anymore. Don't miss that one. Subscribe now so you don't. And if you enjoyed this episode definitely screenshot it, share it with your people on Instagram. Friend, we just reached 100,000 downloads on this podcast, which is such a huge testament to all of you being a part of this community, sharing the show and allowing more moms to discover it. And I'm, I'm super thankful for you for that. So keep sharing it. If it's making a difference for you, thank you for that. and And thank you for for your role in, in this community. So until next time, let's walk towards simple together, friend.